0: Ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. It's just gone 10 o'clock, 10.03 here on Bay FM on Future Sense with myself, Nick Jeans, my co-host Steve McDonald, and our two guests this morning, Ashoka Hulahan from Quantum Uplift out in the industrial estate, and Dr. Stephen Booth, who's been on this show a number of times when he's up here from Melbourne, joining us for a discussion on the future of healing and into the second hour. And we're gonna do the draw here for the Quantum Uplift $100 voucher, gift certificate. Thanks so much. And thanks for all your calls. Shaker, would you be willing to to choose the person who's gonna come and meet you and uh, your magnificent offering out there? What have we got there? Um, we have Drew and Olga,
1: Bay FM subscriber number 2391. Wonderful, fantastic.
0: Excellent, and congratulations So you. will be contacting you shortly about how to claim that. Yeah, that's... Wonderful, and we're
2: going to talk now about uh, how medicine is changing and how approaches to healthcare and wellbeing are changing and uh, how they're being uh, influenced by the shift in consciousness, the changing worldviews and uh, some of the modalities that are popping out of that. And just to give a general context, if we think about the paradigm that's being left behind, the modern scientific industrial, it's been relatively linear in the way that it thinks about medicine. Uh, it's been very specialising, so we've tended to specialise not just in medicine but across all uh, walks of yeah. life, specialise in a narrow field, uh, and then go really, really deep and get a lot of knowledge about that narrow field. And in the process of doing that, um, we've, we've built up a wonderful knowledge base, but we've also um, focused on the depth in a narrow field to the detriment of the con- connectivity between the fields. Mm. And so what's changing is with this emerging paradigm is we're going to relativistic thinking, where we're, we're taking that wonderful depth that we've got out of the modern scientific industrial way, and then we're now looking at, okay, how are these different fields connected together and how do they, do they influence each other? Uh, and, and of course, that's playing out in, in the medical field as well. And then we're also uh, in the early stages of a, an even greater shift into second tier consciousness uh, to the, the, what's the seventh layer in Claire Graves' model, which is a, a multi dimensional integrative way of being. Uh, and a key aspect of that is the, the synchronization of left and right brain. So in the first tier of consciousness, the layers one through six, we've been alternating between left brain thinking and right brain thinking, uh, dominating our way of being. And the, the scientific industrial modern era was a left brain era. We're moving into a right brain era now with the emerging relativistic thinking. And then as we shift into second tier consciousness, we're actually sinking both hemispheres. Uh, which, which increases our capacity uh, off the scale, basically. So let's have a chat about how that's showing up in, in the medical field um, and how perhaps we're starting to see more thinking about how different systems in the body are connected, how they're impacting each other, and how that affects treatment approaches. Mm. Um,
3: sure. Well,
2: I'd
3: like to start by just uh, pointing out that Chinese medicine has a uh, pattern of recognition approach, to the way it looks at uh, the body as part of a a whole system um, already it is it can be broken down so some of the current say acupuncture research looks in depth uh, focusing inwards at things like histamine response and immune response and capillary dilation and the effects of those things but we do tend to like to zoom out and see the way the pattern that's being presented in the person is reflected in all areas of their life in some way so that we get a a big overarching picture that we can then uh, pick apart with the Chinese medicine thinking. Um, Yeah, I
2: might just point out too there that from a consciousness point of view, when we look at East and West Mm -hmm. uh, on the globe generally, there there tends to be more of an individual approach in the West Mm -hmm. and a communal approach in the East, and and obviously that flavours Eastern medicine.
3: Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, looking at the patterns that are there and, and how they're interacting with each other so that we can get that big picture to, to focus on the individual and, and see how they can fit in as well. It, it does match with that east-west yin-yang yeah, yeah, yeah. way of thinking.
2: Yeah, mm. and I guess uh, you know it's built into Chinese medicine, really, isn't it? The relationship between the different meridians, which are all linked to organs, different systems in the body. Yeah,
3: and, and they're also seen as one continuous cyc- cyclic flow, so that the meridians actually um, continuous end-to-end and flow into one another, yeah. so that each... Uh, meridian is, a, it is, is kind of a differential wave frequency within a, uh, a larger field, yeah.
2: Yeah, and um, j- just while we're on that, uh, let's just talk a little bit about frequency mm-hmm. and, and acupuncture.
3: Yeah, so um, I guess ev- everything has a frequency. Everything is is energy, is information, is story. Um, I like to relate things back to story, um, um, the acupuncture Um, Practice. I would call it transpersonal acupuncture because I'm looking at the person's uh, story and Mm -hmm. the acupuncture points as well have a a story associated with them that's embedded in the name. So there's information, qi, energy, encoding with every one of the points in their relationships to each other. And there are ways of applying frequencies directly to um, acupuncture points. So uh, there's, uh, you know, you can apply apply tuning forks or electrical pulses or... um, uh, subtle medicines like uh, resonant um, vibrational drops and bush flowers and those kinds of things onto points but also touching the points um, with intention uh, is a form of frequency transmission
2: so. and you've been working with a bioresonance machine to some extent as well and and. I putting have, yeah putting those electrical contact pads onto acupuncture points yeah it,
3: so yeah. this particular machine is um, based on rife machines it's a it's an open source machine so it has a range of databases that are used by um, naturopaths and, and others that has um, frequency sets that can be applied to to the body whether it's to acupuncture points or even uh, remotely through DNA samples and those kinds of things and it's um it's, uh, it's a relatively new uh, technology that's um, yeah quite available and cheaper.
2: Just talk a little bit about that remote treatment thing because I think a lot of people mm. probably wouldn't be aware of that. Yeah, well,
3: the, the machine that I'm, I'm using is called Spooky. And so Spooky, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous and it looks a bit ridiculous too. The logo is kind of this cartoonish uh, ghost. But they're talking about the um, quantum entanglement effect. So Einstein described that uh, remote effect at a distance as being spooky. Um, so when... Uh, one particle resonates with another particle at a distance in in a like way um, that there's a in, entrainment or an engagement between the the things that happen so applying um, a beneficial frequency to a DNA sample for instance or a blood sample um, has a tangible effect um, on the entire body of the person at a distance whether they're in another suburb or state or wherever they are
2: and yeah. for a lot of uh, for a lot of people listening I'm sure that would be just like crazy thinking yeah you know, and I, I felt spooky. like that too absolutely <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah um yeah. and until i i saw the effect and you know i'm willing to give things a go and um, i'm happy for a black box idea a lot of acupuncture to me mm. sits in that you know there's a um an intervention applied something happens whether i understand it or not if there's a beneficial effect um i'm happy enough with that i mean there, there are um a requirement for evidence-based for everything that i do being a registered practitioner um but uh, along that pathway, if there's a, if there's an effect, that it's an effect. Even the placebo effect is an effect. So I'm yeah. I'm happy for that. It's and, interesting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just just before we leave that topic, just mm-hmm. uh, talk about the, the, the practicality of that. So it take it, it involves taking a sample of like hair or a fingernail or something from a patient, right?
3: Yeah, um, even even a blood sample. The new generation of machines you can put a blood sample into um, a frequency digitizer, which then can um, expose it to a range of frequencies and you can also measure heart rate variability based on that frequency exposure to get a very specific um, diagnostic ability and also uh, what are the most beneficial frequencies for that person and if you're using something like fingernails by the time the fingernail sample's grown you're kind of you're not the same person you were when you grew that um, s- section of fingernail. so there's a re- requirement to keep updating the sample yeah a certain okay. time. yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And, and so you take the sample from somebody you put it in the, the spooky machine.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll even um, apply frequency to uh, used needles. So I'll, I'll have my used needles that I've, I've had for someone, put them in my Sharpie disposal kit, and then yeah. place that whole um, disposal unit on the, um, on, the, on the frequency generator plate. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah okay and, a- yeah. and then uh there's so the person being treated doesn't need to be present they can be no, they can somewhere, be somewhere else but they're they're in theory they're benefiting from the frequency yeah being and, th- and there's
3: there's a, a at least a perceived benefit but yeah. um you know i'll run a frequency set and i'll sometimes be able to tell what what's being played um yeah. based on the way i feel or i'll notice a change or a shift in something in my spine or my felt sense and i'll check it and i'll be ah oh, that matches with my experience yeah. so to me that's interesting a, a validation yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And of course, spooky refers to spooky action at a distance, spooky which is Einstein's distance. quote yeah. uh, to do with quantum entanglement, That's which right. is what we're talking about mm. here. Yeah. And and exactly. That, that, that was, I understand that he made that comment because
2: he didn't really understand no, how it worked, it and so he was sort of a bit Wonderful. sceptical of the whole yeah, thing.
3: So it, it's it an, an emerging science, and yeah. its effect on consciousness is particularly interesting to me. So being able to apply frequencies that can um, help a person shift from one way of being to another. Um, and then i mean that has implications for things like uh what other frequencies are we being exposed through via emf and um, mm-hmm. wi-fi and five yeah. gene all the rest yeah can i just
1: jump in there yeah. um so when i was doing research into the technologies that go into our clinic uh, i came across dr george lukowski and he worked with tesla to come up with what's called the multi-wave oscillator and uh so the right frequencies are very specific frequencies mm-hmm. the multi-wave oscillator kind of shifts above and below Mm -hmm. certain resonant frequencies to try and, you know, bring them into harmony. And Lukoski was one of the first scientists that postulated the DNA had a helix structure. Mm -hmm. He didn't win the Nobel Prize for that because someone else went on to prove it, but he was one of the first uh, people to postulate it had a helix structure. And what he actually said was that that helix structure of the DNA actually operates as an antenna to transmit and receive frequencies mm-hmm. at the DNA level. Yep, so when we're fits. talking about this spooky action at a distance and you've got a DNA sample on one side of the world, mm-hmm. it makes complete sense through well, quantum entanglement mm-hmm. that, that whatever you apply to that p- particular DNA automatically affects the DNA on the other side of the world. Yep. And then my own tangible experience of that was, as I said, when I was doing research into the technologies to bring into our clinic, uh, I had a gentleman in the U.S. who was um, had a um, a subtle energy revitalization platform, and he said, "I can transmit this to you um, through intention." Mm-hmm. So it's not even a DNA sample, and I was I was open to that, but you know, not I wasn't skeptical, but I, was, I certainly wasn't willing to just accept that at mm-hmm. face value. So he said, "I'll prove it to you," and so he fired up his. I was on a Skype session with him. He fired up. That. And he said, look, it's going to knock out your Skype session, but just know for 15 minutes I'm going to be doing this on you. I was laying down and he fired up his, uh, his uh, Tesla coil. And while I was laying there, I could just feel this subtle energy come over my body. And for the first few minutes, I was sitting there in my head thinking, can I feel it? Can I not? Mm. Yes, I can. No. And then I went, oh, just go with it. Long story short, 45 minutes, I couldn't get off the table. I was just planted. <laughs> in uh, sorry off the bed i was just planted into it and i felt my heart chakra just expanded throughout that Mm. and that was being transmitted from the other side of the world through intention
3: Mm. Mm. Experienced similar things with qigong masters working from a distance and and those kinds of things Mm. and even um uh inviting uh healing intention whether that's some multi-dimensional access um whether it's real or not i mean your brain doesn't know what's real you watch a scary movie and you get biological responses based on what your mind's perceiving you know um does it matter is it real who cares it's having an effect so i'm happy
0: um i had a text just in you you mentioned 5g then in Mm -hmm. passing someone's written in saying might this meaning this kind of technology Mm -hmm. uh, be able to be used to protect us from 5g frequencies thanks to susanna for that
3: I think the development of um, the light body and the energy systems is um, probably going to be a useful adaptation in human consciousness on in all levels, and including our ability to um, defend against um, a, a bunch of things like that and, and build our internal immune system.
2: It's certainly looking that way, isn't yeah. it? From uh, you know, this is this is still an emerging field, and there are very few people who really, if anybody, who understands mm-hmm. it fully, but. Uh, Stephen Booth and I have been doing a lot of work, particularly in the last eighteen months, around mm-hmm. the light body concept, and uh, it certainly seems to increase uh, resilience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and even the the idea of a light body, you know, the opposite to that is a dense body, mm-hmm. and and the more dense your matter is, the more it can be impacted by particles. right? The, the flip
3: uh, side of that too is, um, you know, we talk about light density, so. Um, So the uh, increasing ability to hold a a higher light quotient or a higher frequency uh, means that there's uh, more lines of force within the field, um, which would have a protective or harmonising effect of some kind. Yeah. Um, So there's a a higher definition or, you know, more dots per inch in your field.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. Tune to Future Sense here at 1024 with Steve McDonald, myself, Nick Jeans, and our two guests, Ashoka Houlihan and Dr. Stephen Booth, and we're talking about the future of healing, and uh, thanks for your your text. We've got a couple of other texts in. Maybe we'll come back to them near the end of the show and keep going where we are right now. I think that would be good. We've also got another giveaway, which we'll talk about shortly and get you online for that.
2: And we've been looking at how health and well-being approaches to it are changing over time and we're moving, another way of looking at it is we're, we're moving from kind of a repair approach you know, in the, in the old paradigm we're leaving behind where you'd only go and see a doctor if something was broken and it needed to be fixed. And um, and these approaches are interesting because they don't just apply to medicine, they really apply across the board because we're talking about a worldview, you know, a way of being in each of these layers of consciousness. So. Um, you could relate it to the way that we treat the planet, for example. You know, in the in the, in the uh, scientific industrial era, we've we've kind of, we make a mess, and then we go, oh, gee, I guess we better clean it up. You know, we we made a mine or something and, and messed up, and then we, we go and repair it. And it, well, some people repair it. Well, things. Pe- yeah, I know some people some don't even bother exactly. Yeah. And then in the emerging paradigm, the relativistic, we're moving to a sustainable approach. So okay, we want to do things that are sustainable, and we're not going to actually cause damage. From day to day by doing our stuff, and then eventually uh, into second tier, we're progressing towards a regenerative approach, where we're not just being sustainable, but we're actually making things better, uh, you know, in improving things. And and so those general principles apply to all aspects of life, but particularly also to health and well-being. So um, let, let's talk about uh, the leading edge of, of this sustainability and regeneration. Uh, Ashoka, you were just mentioning during the break that you've got a certain percentage of people who come to your clinic who who are not unwell, uh, but they're just looking to um, regenerate make themselves better I guess yeah uh, can you talk about that
1: yeah um, certainly uh, the old adage prevention is better than a cure yeah. and so we have people that are coming to the clinic who um, may have had a chronic illness in the past whether that be cancer something like that they're aware of the statistics that you know that can often have a you know a high occurrence of repeat and so they're actively staying on top of their health you know, they're in remission, they, you know, they're not with any symptoms, but they're actively staying on top of their health. Uh, we have other people who uh, just you know, want to be more vital. They want to, they want to show up in the world, um, the best version of themselves. And, um, and, and this is part of this whole cellular rejuvenation, because the people that use the technologies at a clinic, at one end of the spectrum, they range with, from chronic illness, but at the other end of the spectrum, it's elite athletes. Mm, yeah you know, elite athletes these these are athletes that are getting paid 10 million dollars a year they're using these technologies not because they're unwell it's because they they're trying to get more out of them mm. themselves and you know and i like to think of you know everyone else in between if we can just sit there and actively work on ourselves make ourselves more vital um uh, increase our frequency and our vibration more is gonna come into our world. It's that quantum field. The, you know, the, the greater we amplify our own frequency and our vibration, the more is gonna show up in our world and the more fulfilled our lives will be.
2: Absolutely, yeah. It just made me think about the, the harmonics that we get between the different layers of consciousness here. And uh, we could talk about layer five, which is the scientific industrial. And there's a big drive there to be the best and to be successful. And, and so that can also give rise to this, uh, you know, s- seeking always to optimise performance. The, the difference between that and the next individual layer, which is in, this, in the second tier, is that in the modern scientific industrial approach, it tends to be quite materialistic. And it's, it's generally about material performance and success in the outer world. Uh, and it lacks the multidimensionality. Whereas when we get into second tier, you also see that same kind of uh, motivation to optimize but it's, it's multi-dimensional now uh, and it takes into account you know the the integration of mind body spirit mm-hmm. that's that's a key difference
3: so, so i don't just want to microdose to make more money for my boss no that's right okay okay <laughs> <laughs> And um, how, about,
2: how about you, Steve, in terms of your uh, client base, like what percentage of people do you see who are...
3: Oh, it's very much shifting towards that, that wellness-based approach. Yeah. Um, definitely that's where my interest is going as well, and that's probably a reflection Um in Chinese medicine, historically, there's always been that movement towards treating the root rather than the branch. That's the, the, the general premise of Chinese medicine. And when things start to show up as a symptom, it's already, other diseases, diseases already progressed. So to pick things up as early as possible and help someone shift into harmony and balance. You know, they. Uh, the doctors in the village would get paid when the people were well, not when they were sick. Hmm. That's, so it's a completely flip-flopped approach. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah very interesting. And then in esoteric acupuncture, which is a, an emerging field, um, we're really looking at um, that uh, treating consciousness, treating uh, well people and helping them uh, move through to um, uh, being their best, being their fullest potential, but also moving into um, uh, expanded ways of being, especially with uh, the heart opening and Shift towards higher values such as compassion and, mm. and so on.
2: Yeah. yeah, and it's you know it, it's really in my view impossible to disconnect consciousness from from well being or, mm. or health because it's really the, the one spectrum, isn't it?
3: And and if you don't have health, then it's um, it's much more difficult to um, to to function. That's that's a reflection of life conditions and so yes. on as well. Yeah. And conversely, if you um, have um, shen, so shen spirit, one of the greatest prognostic tools we have in Chinese medicine is to look at the quality of someone's spirit based on you know the shine in their eyes and those kinds of um um visual cues and even the the way their posture is so if you have someone that's in hospital maybe in palliative care and is having um chronic illness but their their eyes are still sparkling then that's a great sign yeah
2: yeah and uh Often deceased, who can be a sign of uh, stagnation of energy, mm. and and so often when somebody's going through some kind of a significant transformational change, uh, you get that uh, backsliding. You know, mm-hmm. that we often talk about in terms of the global paradigm on this show how we're where there's during times of change, uh, we realise that the way that we are being is not adequate to cope mm-hmm. with life, and so the first. Uh, reaction is to sort of search backwards down the spiral for an older way of being that mm-hmm. might work, and so we get that regression, which is like a slingshot effect. It's like uh, increasing tension on an elastic band, yep. you know, in order to drive you back up the spiral again. And, and often that involves, uh, you know, some kind of disease or or uh, yeah. initiatory the sickness, as we were saying before.
3: Chinese medicine understanding of that would look at the ganji, the liver chi, as being a uh, build-up process. So there is, um, there's no no pain without stagnation, is is the Chinese saying. So there's this build-up of energy, this pressure build-up to create that shift forwards and often it comes from um, things aren't the way I want them to be so there's a frustration tension build-up until there's um, either um, an inwards movement of of that which will be a a suppression or a um, a build-up of bile and resentment and all those kinds of things or there'll be an outward expression which can be radical Uh, you might need to get angry with something or create some big shift or it might just be finding a new flow a new way of being as a result.
0: Yeah. Mm, Beautiful. We've got a few texts and a few questions here. I want to first go back to the 5G debate briefly, Mm -hmm. which I forgot about before, to come back to in a couple of points about um, waves. We're talking about the the, the wave patterns and when waves can cancel out or interfere, is the correct term, wave interference with each other, either um, in a positive way or negative way. And you had a great uh, um, metaphor of your own personal experience as a helicopter pilot.
2: Yeah. So I... From time to time, I would be operating over the ocean, uh, whether it be uh, landing on ships for various reasons or, or sometimes doing search and rescue and winching people off boats and those sorts of mm. things, and um, you get a complex wave pattern on the ocean. You, there's always a background kind of tidal wave uh, and then you get a, a wind-generated wave pattern as well, and those two patterns interfere with each other. Yeah. And so if you, need to, if you need to land on a ship or you need to you know, winch somebody off a ship, you can watch for the point where those two wave patterns cancel each other out. Yeah. And, uh, and often, you know, I, I, I'm not highly experienced in this area, but I, I used to sometimes think about once every six waves or something like that, you would get a, a flat spot, you know? Um, and so you'd, you'd wait, you'd, if you were gonna land on a ship, you'd sort of uh, make ready to do that, and then the ship inevitably can be bouncing up and down quite a lot, which makes it very difficult to land a helicopter. Um, all credit to the Navy pilots out there. Um, and so, if, but if you wait, if you're patient, then you'll notice the ship will be rolling, 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 and then there'll be suddenly a flat spot where you get that, that cancelling out of the mm-hmm. wave patterns. Uh, and that's the time to land, and uh, Ashoka, you were talking about the same kind of uh, cancellation effect of different wave patterns.
1: Yeah, that's right. So if, if we come back to this context that, uh, well, just to, I guess, come back that um, from a quantum physics perspective, and we look at the, uh, the building blocks of matter, th- which are the atoms, and when they look down inside those atoms, they find that they're made up of 99.999% empty space. But what's in that empty space is energy. And as we extrapolate out from that, those atoms go on to make up molecules, molecules go on to make up um, uh, cells, cells go on to make up organs, organs go on to make up us as beings. But us as beings, we're really 99.999%, I'll say energy instead of empty space. Yes. And once we understand this paradigm that we're not just these physical beings, we're energetic beings, it makes complete sense that we can use energy to influence the energetic part of our beingness. And I think the challenge with 5G and, and you know, many of these other you know, environmental threats that we have these days is, is we're getting bombarded with certain frequencies 24 seven, like a ray beam. And so if you imagine yourself as having uh, a, a toroidal energetic field around your body, And in that field, you're getting bombarded 24-7 with a certain frequency, Wi-Fi, 5G, whatever it is. That creates a distortion in that field. And through interference, through physics, you can use energy to influence energy. Therefore, you can use certain EMFs, uh, which are just frequencies or waves, to actually cancel those out. Mm. And so in our clinic, we've got a, a machine there called the biocharger, and surprisingly, uh, it uses um, pulsed electromagnetic fields, key word being pulsed. Mm-hmm. And those pulsed fields are used to cancel out harmful frequencies.
2: Yeah, very interesting. And there's a, I understand there's a database of frequencies which apply to different ailments, yeah?
1: Yeah, that's correct, that's correct. So this gets into the work of Dr. Royal Reif as well. So Dr. Reif, he found through his research that every single virus, pathogen or bacteria has a certain mortal oscillatory rate, or in other words, a frequency that will kill it. And so what he would do is he would isolate out these viruses, he would look at them under his slide of his um, universal microscope that could magnify 60,000 times, and he would just bombard those viruses uh, with different frequencies till he observed which frequency killed them. And then he'd catalog that and said that, fr- that frequency kills that virus. Mm. So you can use frequencies to tackle, you know, Epstein-Barr, fibromyalgia, uh, and a whole host of, uh, of, of others mm. uh, f- based on this concept that we're, we're, we're energetic beings. We're not, we're not just physical mm. beings.
0: Yeah. Reminds me a little bit of a, a sort of evolution of the theory of signatures. Of, of plants and of, of flowers and so forth, which is used in those kind of um, you know, um, old, old wives tales, um, theories of healing. A sort of advancement of that very thing because every plant, every vib- every flower, every uh, natural substance has a has that vibration as a signature. Yeah, and yeah. essential oils, you know, and essential that, oils are, are
1: yeah, are classic in that in that yeah. regard. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, got a couple of other questions here. and They're coming on all sorts of platforms <laughs> everywhere. Um, they're coming on my text line. They're coming on the Facebook text line. And multidimensional. The multidimensional. Some, uh, the other thing is someone has asked about soma aura. Do do you know anything? Do we know anything about soma aura? We know well, those words. Aura soma. Or aura soma. Yeah, yeah. which is. Actually, yeah. yeah. What I know is that they just
2: opened the very first shop in Australia at Bangalore uh, because I was there on the weekend. Ah, (laughs) lovely place, actually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, Got to go there then. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I I don't know a lot about Mm. the the technology, but it but it is. uh, I think you know, frequency based understanding Mm. uh, using um, various methods, particularly uh, color, the use of color, and and also uh, smell. Yeah, yeah, the scent. Yeah, that's right. Or soma. Yeah. Exactly. So it seems to
3: be the um, intention in which you use it makes a big difference as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I have used it occasionally uh, when I've been doing energetic healing work mm. over the years, and and I've always been amazed by you know my method of using it is usually put a couple of drops on my hands and then rub my hands together, and and the energy that it seems to generate mm. just on the surface of my palms is quite extraordinary. So there's something. If going you're sensitive on there. to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then and then often I would just. Blow over the top of my hand so mm-hmm. that the the patient would smell, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And and many many times, you know, people have a, a breakthrough of some sort
0: just by that particular, um, you know, shift shift yeah, in the yeah. system. Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of other comments quickly too about the hydrogen we were talking about earlier. And uh, Mia's has written in and also said uh, there are other suggestions on boosting hydrogen in the body in natural and different other ways, which is including eating watermelon. Uh, having indoor plants and going to the beach, possibly the case, probably useful information. Um, but she also asks about electric pulse therapy, which was used with her father on the Sunshine Coast, who was uh, was poisoned with uh, asbestos, has, has asbestos disease, with great results. Do we know much about uh, electric pulse therapy, anyone here? It's all sort of in the same area. Yeah, I think the thought- look, there
2: are a, a number of different types of uh, electro electrical pulse therapy, and you know, it just depends which one it was. I mean, you know, back in the old days, they used to give people electric shocks to, yeah. to treat psychological disorders, you know? I mean, that's, that's one kind of yeah. that therapy. I think there's um, bringing it
1: back out from a bit of a macro view yeah. is that if we understand within the body, uh, the body runs off electricity, and I think even the Chinese medicine kind of in the meridian yeah. system very much um, talks to that. And so this is the world of electromedicine. So once we understand that we have electricity that runs through our body, again, you know, blockages and things like that, mm. that, that cut off that flow, um, if they can be stimulated to flow again, then, you know, that creates a, a healing process. Um, and again, coming back to, you know, Dr. Royal Rife, he was the world of you know, electromedicine. medicine. Uh, he really was, was the father of that whole movement. And I think his uh, work and research now finds its way out in many different um, forms and, and variations from the spooky two um, through to probably this electropulse and yes. and um, the, the soma or aura,
2: uh, aura soma. Yeah, or soma. <laughs> yeah um, I, I think you know, a lot of people I respect say that physics is the new medicine, yeah. and I think a key part of that is is getting our head around the electrical aspects and the magnetic fields also. And we, we still don't really have... Good ways of measuring and identifying magnetic fields around the body, and I think that's something where, that we'll see breakthroughs in. Yeah, uh, you the know, instrumentation
3: and it, will develop, yeah. And yeah. Even the um, number of healing modalities that's emerging and the different technologies does um, correlate with the progression in um, the stages of consciousness, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and also means that we need to um, be able to. Uh, have more control over our own well being in our own fields and doing things like taking a walk on the beach or a walk in the forest is and, and an amazing way to discharge some of that build up and and yeah.
2: Yeah. Um maybe we'll talk just a little bit. I think we we we've got a few um what, fifteen, twenty minutes left, mm-hmm. haven't we, Nick? Um, <coughs> yeah, we've got we've got a, we need to talk about a, a documentary that we're screening uh, in a little while too. Actually, though. we need
0: to take a break and do that too because we need to run this because okay. we are running out of time. There's so much to talk about here. Yeah, yeah, Clearly, yeah, as yeah. we're going on, we're going oh we can talk about this and this and yeah. so forth. But we, first of all, we have a giveaway another giveaway to do uh, for subscribers. So give us a call That triple nine. That is for a film that's coming up called Danger Close. And this film is I think it's a double pass to the theatre. It doesn't have a particular date. Obviously, just a pass. Danger Close is a new Australian film that's about to be released, I think, next week, and um, yeah, August, 8th, August the 8th, and it's about the Battle of Long Tan, and as an ex-military member, perhaps you could give us a brief uh, summary of that battle, which happened on August the 18th.
2: Yeah, so in, in terms of casualties, uh, the battle at a place called Long Tan uh, in Vietnam was the, the, most, well, the, the largest, most significant battle that Australian troops were involved in, uh, and certainly the one where we took the most casualties. And very briefly, the story was that... Uh, The Australian base in South Vietnam was at a place called Nui Dat and uh, just nearby, very close to Nui Dat, was a rubber plantation uh, at a place called Long Tan and one evening there was an attempted attack on the Australian base by a very large North Vietnamese force of... Two and a half uh, thousand. Around about two and a half Mm. thousand people and uh, it, it it came as a surprise to the Australians and it just so happens that that particular night... There were some entertainers visiting from Australia, and they're having a, a music concert at the base. Cold Joy and Little Paddy, among that's, others. That's right. Yeah. So you know, so it was a clever time to try and take the base by surprise. And uh, so there was a report of something. Uh, I'm not ex- exactly sure what initiated the first exploration out into the rubber to, to see what was there. But the, but one uh, company of Australian troops, about 100 troops, went out to uh, see what was going on out there while this concert was going on and they ran into this huge North Vietnamese force and got into a a terribly vicious fight. Uh, I think they lost 18 dead and and many wounded and uh, it was really only the artillery barrage from the Australian base that saved them and saved the base from being attacked and that's where the name Danger Close comes from is is uh, relating to calling the artillery in on your own position uh, to the point where you're also in danger from your own artillery but that was what what saved them
0: basically. Mm. 108 Australian soldiers, interesting number that, talking about numbers and vibration. And so we have a double pass to give away to Danger Close, and you can go to see that at any time. But also, it's, it's, rele- it's relevant for us too, and it's relevant to our conversation in a way, because also on August the 18th, which is the 53rd anniversary of the Battle of Long Tans exactly, we are showing a movie down here at the Baron Theatre. Steve and I and our associates, it's called From Shock to Or, a documentary by Luke Coate and uh, Janine Saget. And this is a film about a new approach, a journey of hope and transformation, a new approach to PTSD healing using psychedelics, which for many of you, we talk about this uh, often on this show. And many of you may know that, for example, MDMA for PTSD is now in uh, the third stage of approval with the Federal Drug Administration in the US, likely to be legal for this kind of therapeutic application for PTSD by 2021, which is pretty amazing. So that's coming up on August the 18th. But if you want to get in the draw for this particular, we'll we'll hear more about from Shock to as we go forward in the next couple of weeks. Um but if you'd like to get in the draw for the um the uh, Danger Close double pass giveaway, give us a call now double six eight zero seven triple nine. if you are a subscriber. For all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking Future Sense here on Bay FM. 1050 here at Bay FM nearly the end of the show Future Sense coming up pregnancy birth and beyond. One last text just <laughs> from Dave I'm not I'm not sure, I can't, I can't read it all. Wonderful Brothers, as usual, on war and evolution. Perhaps one day we can have Brother Steve break down the evolutionary push and pull and a couple of fighting and effing and so forth. Yeah, interesting questions. We'll come back to that another time. Thank you for that one. Yes so
2: with the time that we've got left we're just going to dance around the, the leading edge of, of healthcare and well-being uh, and medicine generally and I'm, I'm interested to talk about two things first of all customization of, of treatments and, and secondly um, some of the interdimensional aspects of uh, particularly around light body activation and mm-hmm. those sorts of things so let's just talk about customization briefly. Um, in my experience with psychedelic research what I've learnt is that we each have a, a unique makeup genetic makeup you know, which can impact the, the numbers and types of enzymes in the body for example which can affect how we metabolise different medicines and so you can have people who won't be responsive to certain treatments. Um, there's been some uh, early stage research about, around MDMA therapy and uh, a study identified that if people had a, a lower than average level of oxytocin receptors in the body, they were less likely to be responsive to MDMA therapy for treating uh, post traumatic stress and those sorts of things. And so, you know, I can see that where medicine is headed is to eventually be able to do quite a detailed analysis of your particular makeup, um, you know, in, in many, many different ways from genetics through to whatever we can measure in the future and then absolutely customize the treatment and I guess th- this also speaks to the the um, naivety of things like uh, vaccination programs where they say everybody must take this medicine right yeah. because everybody's different and, and without a doubt it's all yeah, yeah without a doubt a certain people are, you know percentage of people always going to have some bad reaction or, or even a fatal reaction mm. sometimes to mm. certain things um, so so let's yeah let's talk about that um, one thing which we're looking at quantum at the moment. And it's
1: very early days, so I can't elaborate on it too much. But it's the idea of uh, epigenetic testing. So the concept that you know we they used to think that you we know, we were a predisposition of our genes and yeah. and you know our future was set in that way. Uh, this new testing it, it take it takes into account testing of the of the um, the human genome sequence for individuals. And then it applies machine learning to that to project out into the future th- on how certain lifestyle changes will influence their biological age as opposed to their chronological age. And ultimately, the goal is to have the biological age less than the chronological age, yeah. which represents more vitality. And so, like you said, different people have different makeups, and therefore, different lifestyle changes will have different influences for people. And uh, you know, I think that is to where the leading edge of where. Uh, medicine and healthcare is, is heading to, uh, and customizable based on a person's set of genes
2: yeah I think so too and and one of the esoteric sources that we often talk about is cryon uh, which you know when when you're working in the space that we work in it pays to pay attention to things that are out of the box because often that's where the significant changes come from it's from stuff that people are ignoring or rejecting or, or you know not paying attention to for some reason uh, and cryon has been uh, predicting scientific breakthroughs for about 30 years now for, for those of you who don't know cryon is cryon is a a channeled entity that an American guy called Lee Carroll speaks on behalf of, cryon.com uh, if you want to go and listen to the free audio K-R-Y-O there. K-R-Y-O-N, K-R-Y-O-N. That's yeah. correct, yeah. And cryon has been talking for some time about uh, anti-aging. Mm. And and the fact that we will, at some point in the not too distant future, develop uh, the capacity for anti-aging, and and not necessarily simply by supplemental technologies, but actually uh, developing a relationship with our own cellular makeup and our own DNA to the point where we can uh, personally slow down or even switch off or perhaps even reverse our ageing process. I yeah.
3: think Bruce Lipton talks about that as well in his biology of belief and that um, your inner narrative and your belief systems actually trump your genes in, in terms of what they can do. Um, I mean, Chinese medicine is really a, a systemised way of doing N of 1 medicine where in every person has an individualised treatment but um, using overarching patterns and uh, collective ideas. I guess, transitioning to the light body stuff you wanted to talk about. If you look at the light body as being a new and emerging synthesis of uh, multiple points of view, um, each of us has our own specific individual point of view. um, And to see the way that um, the emerging patterns have points of intersection, um, even ideas from different cultures and different belief systems have emerged, the energy body has to now um, upgrade to cope with that new Uh, and develop new capacities
2: yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely and and I'm sure that uh, in the years ahead we'll see some good science being put together around Mm. these things like there's a lot of uh, healing modalities at the moment that are rejected by many people like Mm. subtle energy healing you know Reiki and those kinds of things which many people swear by and, and you know benefit from uh, mainstream medicine you know, doesn't acknowledge that at all. Uh, even Chinese medicine mm. I- is poo-pooed often, isn't it? No,
3: absolutely. Some of it is we're using the wrong measurement tools. It's like if you measure the intelligence of a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you're gonna, you know, That's it's right. not going to work. Exactly. So using, yeah. um, say, psychological <laughs> uh, testing methods that look at a person's subjective inner experience might be much more useful for looking at something like energy healing yeah. than uh, looking at, oh, there's no blood test for depression, you know. Um, it just doesn't make sense.
2: Yeah, exactly. And in terms of what we're talking about as light body activation, this is, or, or, or it seems to be an additional energetic pattern which the body develops at a certain uh, point yeah, of development.
3: A, a hyper-connected way of being um, where you, know, you have these uh, existing maps like the chakra system and the meridian system that have uh, commonalities that those commonalities are strengthened as we move through, and also the uh, capacity for those uh, points to communicate to one another and tell a greater story as a result.
2: Yeah, and and you and I have been doing a lot of work around this for the past year and a half or Mm. or thereabouts, and and we've had some really interesting experiences of uh, using the esoteric acupuncture and also altered states Mm -hmm. to aid in the activation of this more sophisticated energetic patterning in the body.
3: Yeah, and particularly the um, field interactions have been interesting. Uh, each coming with our own individual characteristics of compositions and then interacting in those spaces. There's some skill sharing that happens and some energetic transference or resonance that seems to take place in those states.
2: Yeah, certainly that's been the perception. And and what we're talking about here literally is is, uh, basically getting into this uh, state of higher energetic activation Mm. and then uh, usually we'll just stand or sit opposite each other and, Mm. and facing each other. And then we we both experience this energetic interaction between the bodies. It's like the, the, our particular resonant fields are interacting mm. and, and, and recalibrating themselves by That's referencing right. off the other person's pattern.
3: I think that um, encounter with the singularity
2: might be another thing to mention at yeah. another time, too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We can get back to that in another show. Sure. <laughs> we are in a
0: singularity here. And also, we, uh, if you haven't called in for these double paths for uh, danger close to film, you have to do it in the next one minute we have to complete here and finish up and um, if you're a subscriber do that double six thanks to our guests this morning um, yes thank you to Ashoka Hulahan yeah. from Quantum Uplift thanks for your gift of the gift certificate that was fantastic and to Dr. Stephen Booth who's a, a fairly regular visitor mm. to this show pleasure. and thanks to, for all of that and thanks for your text and your engagement with us this morning it's been really great pleasure to be here we'll, uh, we'll go out with the track here and uh, coming up pregnancy birth and beyond thanks Steve thanks Nick You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on BayFM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.